Well, good evening, guys. Tonight I'm going to be dealing with a topic that most people have been wanting to find out a lot about, and that is simply, how do I increase the anointing in my life? A lot of people have got some sort of gifting, something that they've got in their life, and they actually want to get it increased. They want this thing to start operating stronger and stronger in their lives. I mean, how many of you would like to get to the place when you get to somebody who is sick, and you just lay hands on them and instantly they get healed? Come on, that's now fun. Okay? And so we need to know how to increase that anointing in our life so that we can start seeing the results that we're expecting to see. Because God wants us to start pushing back the darkness, to start pushing back everything that is negative and everything that has been taken away from Christians and from families, and we need to reclaim the ground that was originally ours. So in God came and he sent Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid the price for us. And so we've been given this entire package that's already been done. But Satan has come and stolen so much of that already. And we need to say, listen, that is enough. You are not going to steal my health anymore. You are not going to steal my relationships anymore. You are not going to sit down and steal um, my family unit anymore. Whatever it is that you need to start fighting for, you have got to start carrying some weight to get that answer. So here comes the question. How do I increase myself to get there? How do I get to the place when I walk into a place that I can physically start seeing results? You see, I was in a meeting now this weekend, and one of the women came in, and I, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it, I think it's called cellul- cellulosis or cellulose something. It's something about where every one of the cells' points are alive, and they end up swelling their legs, and what's it called? What's it in English? Cellulitis, that's the word. Cellulitis. She comes in there, she can't bend her legs, and she's in total agony because every cell is, is like alive. The nerves are alive in her legs. And she's swollen up. And so she comes there, and as I lay hands on her, immediately all the pain disappears. She says it's the first time in six months she never had pain. And so... She comes to me after the service and says to me, listen, look, I can bend my leg. I couldn't even move my legs. She came on crutches, waddling in there. And then you look again, and physically out of her leg, she's got water starting to pour out of her leg onto the floor. And so I'm going, okay, well, isn't that just the wound oozing? Meanwhile, I'm looking at this, and this is going much more than an oozing wound. It's actually draining out of her body. So I look at this lot and I go, God, this is where we should be going. We should be seeing this as a normal situation, occurrence in our lives. But why are we not? And God started to speak to me about this thing. And He said to me, the reason why we are not increasing our anointing is because we are not consistent. Consistency, I think it was um, Kenneth's wife, Gloria. Gloria Copeland made this statement. She says, consistency equals power. And when I heard that, I still thought, you know, that's so true. Because what happens is, the more consistent you are in praying in the Spirit and pushing in with God, day in, day out, day in, day out, it starts increasing your spiritual level. The anointing around you starts increasing. Now, if you take it now, just practically in my life, 
Over the last few months, I've really been consistently getting up early in the morning and praying and praying and seeking God and doing whatever I can spiritually. And let me tell you something, when I was away now, every single family I went into, every house I went into, they said, listen, there is something about you. You're walking here, there's old place changes. I'm going, but that's how it should be with every Christian. You see, there should be something that you carry because you've been pushing in so hard with God. And the problem with us is we are not consistent. Our problem is we go to God in fear and in a crisis. How many of you go and ask God if there's a major issue in your life, you lose your job or your kids are sick or something, then you go to God. But most of the time you go to God out of fear. You say, God, I'm so nervous about the situation, please help. Yeah, it's like Peter when he's drowning, save me. But we go to God and we suddenly call out in a time of fear. But we are not being consistent in pushing in. Because the Bible says that God is not responding to fear. He only responds to faith. And so when you're in fear, He's not going to respond out of that thing. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 5, let the elders come and let them lay hands on the sick so that they can save them, not heal them. Why must they be saved? They're saved from the spirit of fear. Fear will never bring a healing. They need to be saved from that spirit of fear because it will bring death on them. They need to be brought into a place of faith. And even if it's the elders or the people around, they need to have the faith to generate that healing on that person. So what I'm saying is this, is do not stand for going to God out of fear or wait for a crisis. It's time that we start getting consistent. And that consistency is going to start generating our anointing in your life that is going to break the yoke of bondage of everybody around you. To the point, like Peter got so anointed that they used to lay the sick out just so that his shadow would touch him. That's not just talking about a guy walking in and suddenly the atmosphere changes. That means that guy has got so much power around him that whatever he does, it just happens. But let me tell you something. What was their key? Their key is, for example, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And we read the following. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, what was taught them, they listened to it. So they said, listen, if you go and do this, lay hands on the sick and command it to be healed, then they did it. They didn't go and change it and then start their own thing, okay? So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Okay, in breaking of bread and in prayers. So in other words, they constantly started sticking with those things. And it was a consistency. And this is the problem with us, is like, especially over December when there's holidays, we all take a holiday from God. And I understand not going to church because it's family and all of that. But don't stop your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't stop the time where you sit down and pray in the Spirit for two or three hours a day. Where you sit down and say, God, give me the power that I need. You see, if we understand that if I spend time in the closet, I can change anything in the natural. Jesus Christ changed anything that He wanted in the natural. The natural was never an issue for Him. No matter what it was. Whatever um, law was applied on the natural, he would just come with the higher one. And what was the higher one? Whatever he said and wanted just happened. Now I want you to know that you can get to a place that every single thing that you say can come to pass. I want you to go and look at a scripture quickly. 
In 1 Samuel, Samuel chapter 3, and I want you to see this. This is probably one of the scariest verses in the Bible, in the sense that um, you're going to have to get to a level. Okay, chapter 3, verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And listen to this. And let none of his words fall to the ground. How would you like to be in a situation where none of your words fall to the ground, and that every single thing that you say and you proclaim comes to pass? Everything. Come on, how would you like to sit down and say, listen God, God we need rain right now, and just as you say, I need rain, it rains over the place. You see, God has said, you have got dominion over this earth, you have got to start applying it, but the reason why we are not seeing it happen, is because we don't carry enough anointing, and enough faith, and enough power to see it happen. And so I'm starting to see it in limited forms in my own life. So when I say this, I don't mean that I'm so ahead of you and that you guys don't have a clue. What I'm saying is I'm growing in it too. But listen, I'm starting to see miracles every single day or every second day. But at the same time, I'm also not seeing miracles. There's lots of people that I pray for right now. I haven't seen the breakthrough. I haven't seen the, the supernatural power of God hit them yet. I'm going, God, I'm not there yet. But I want to get there. And the only way that I'm going to get there is to stay consistent in God. To say, God, I'm going to keep pushing in with you. I'm going to keep going with you. You know, in Isaiah uh, chapter 53, is it 53? It's either 53, 11 or 55, 11. Let's just see. Oh, I like iPads. They light up nicely. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. What did I say? 53. Let's try that. 53 verse 11. No, 55 verse 11. Let's do that. Yes. And so shall my word go forth out of my mouth, and it shall not return to me void, and it will accomplish that which I please. Whatever God pleases is going to happen. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Now I want you to know, God says, listen, whatever I say happens. And then it started to happen with Jesus. Now I want to make some radical statements that are going to just maybe shock you a little bit, or blow you back a bit. When Jesus turned water into wine, I want you to see something very important. There was no logical reason for that miracle. Nobody got saved, nobody got healed, nobody got anything. The only reason he did it was because he could. I want you to know that we can do things even if God does not say it. Now I want you to get this thing very clear. The theological debate all the time is, do I do a miracle after God instructs me to do it, or do I just do it because I can do it? Let me tell you something. God has instructed us already, go and heal the sick. Finished. There's not one sick person on this earth saved or unsaved. He did not say he has to be saved. He did not say he must be a person of faith. He did not say that he must be somebody who's been serving God and have no sin in his life. It says, listen, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
And that's why I get very cross when I am busy with trying to fight something through and I don't see the victory. If that person dies after I've been trying to fight them through, I sit down and say, God, increase my faith. I get more mad than sit down and go, oh, woe is me. I don't go, woe is me. I just sit down and go, listen, I am going to push in further because I refuse to let the devil win these rounds. And somebody has to sit down and say, God, we are going to walk this road. We are going to claim this ground. We are going to sit down and change the city. I promise you, you are not going to change the spiritual atmosphere of this city if you're going to sit down and pray once or twice a week. You're never going to get that power to do it. You have to start sitting down and saying, God, I'm going to be consistent with you. I'm going to push in with you. I mean, Daniel prayed three times a day. And then we sit down and say, well, I'm too busy. Don't ever use that excuse with God. Because God's going to say, that is carnal. You are busy using your natural brain, brain, your natural abilities and everything else, instead of spending time with me and getting a supernatural flow so they can change the natural stuff quickly. That's why I want to get to the place like Catherine Kuhlman. I love this testimony when I heard that she walks into a hotel... And just because she walked into the hotel, every single person in every single room got healed. They didn't even know she was there. That's not just changing atmosphere, that's chucking every devil of sickness out of the whole hotel. Now I want to know, how did she get that right? Let me tell you, she was consistent. Those guys would spend two, three hours a day praying in the Spirit, saying, God, we seek you. We seek after you. We seek after your anointing. We seek after your ability. And then what they do is they come and they speak it out over the people. Now I want to tell you something that is not for ministers. That is for every single one of us. I want to challenge us tonight. Don't settle for second best. I don't want to hear another baby die. I'm not joking. I am I'm totally fed up when I see that. I got so mad in my spirit when I got that SMS. I said, listen, that is not God. That is the church failing again. I don't want to do that. And you know how many people's faith get knocked by that when God doesn't come through? And do you know why God doesn't come through? Because the church is not strong enough to release the power. Because God does not do anything anymore up top there. He sits down and He says, I need you as the church to release the power. Trust me for that healing. Believe me for that healing. And the person praying is the person who needs to have the faith to do that thing. And I want to sit down and say, listen God, I want to build myself up. I want to be consistent in you so that there is power around me consistently. I don't care if I'm a thousand miles ahead of everybody else spiritually. Well, if they want to stay behind, they can stay behind. I want to see the power of God move in this city. I want to see drug addicts walk in here and instantly get set free. Not months and months of rehab. I want to have the power to sit down and change the lives of people. I mean, I went now... In East London, I can't tell you, I think it was like maybe five or six deliverances every service. It was action, man. Listen, I enjoyed it. Listen, I love kicking the devil in the teeth. You know what I mean? The more the deliverance, the more I'm chucking the devil. We pray for oaks, we do this, we do that. It's lots of action. And I love it when people are set free. 
But what I'm concerned about is that I'm not seeing a consistency. My percentage of people getting healed is not what it should be. I'm not in the 80s and 90s. It's like in the 50s. One on, one off, one on, one off. I'm going, this is junk. God paid the price for the healing. And everybody comes in and sits down and uses the excuse. But they've got sin in their life, they've got unforgiveness, or they're not saved. Tell me, who did Jesus heal that was actually all sorted out? Come on. When these guys got healed, they were not sorted out. So I want you to know, as for me, I'm not settling for second best. I'm not settling for this mediocrity and this rubbish Christianity that I'm seeing where we tickle each other's ears. Man, I want to raise up an army that says, listen, we are going to go make a difference in Jesus' name. We are not going to settle for this. If somebody's life is under attack, I want to be the front runner in that thing and saying, I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to sit down and pray with you until I see the breakthrough in your life. I don't want to see Paul Elizabeth going any more backwards than what it has spiritually. Amen? Amen. I think it's time we start seeing the promises of God start happening. And let me tell you something. The thing that people make a big mistake about a prophetic word. Every prophetic word has got some sort of work attached to it. Let me use a simple one. If God says to you, you're going to be this great singer and you're going to sing on the stages, what do you think your work will be? Singing lessons. Come on. You've got to start and God anoints it. And if God says there's going to be a revival in Port Elizabeth and there's going to be... What do you think the church's thing has to be? I have to start seeking God. The Bible says if my people would humble and pray, I will heal their land. How many people are humbling and praying, genuinely praying for Port Elizabeth and saying no matter what the report is, no matter what the government says, no matter what the world says, I thank you God that we are going to see a revival come into this place because of the power of God and because of the saints standing together praying. You know in the Bible when they used to get together, stuff used to happen. I mean, how would you like to get it that the building shakes? Let me tell you something, there's some power when that happens. They're not a bunch of wimps getting together. They're not sitting there going, oh God, we're so humble, we're not worthy. No, those guys knew how to pray. The Bible says that they were so powerful and had so much power that cities used to fear when they came to town. I'm not joking. I am so serious about this. I am so serious about pushing into the things of God. I really don't care if you come with. I'm at the point right now. As for me, I don't want another Sam in my life. I don't want another baby dying on my watch. I understand if I wasn't allowed to get there or if there was an authority around that I couldn't get close to the situation. I sat with those parents. In fact, I met with them on Sunday, Saturday, sometime the weekend. I met with the parents. Let me tell you something. Those parents were trusting God so much that the mother said to me every time she gets into the ward, she'd lay hands on her baby and say, Baby, don't believe any word the doctor has spoken over your life. Your mommy's here and I'm going to speak life into you. Let me tell you something. That's not a mother of fear. That's a mother of faith who is trying to fight with us. And so when this comes, it says to me, Listen, Arthur, you have failed. You have not carried the anointing that you should have. 
And I'm saying, listen, that gives me so much motivation to say, devil, you have now had it with me. I am now sick and tired of the devil stealing. It is time that we start getting serious, church. It is time that we are getting to the place where we say, God, I'm going to be consistent with you. I'm going to get to the place when I say stuff, it's going to happen. Man, can you imagine being like Samuel? Whatever he said started to happen. The Bible says not a word that came out of his mouth fell to the ground. Then I can watch what he said. Yeah, it's winter today. Next second is ice. <laughs> I'm not joking. And whatever, otherwise the word of God is not true. Does the Bible say it happened with him? Jesus Christ had to watch what he said. I told you already, that's why when he was in court, he had to shut up. Because if he had said who he was, everybody would fall under the power and he could never get to the cross. That's why he says, I will surrender myself to be put on the cross. It was all up to him. If he didn't want to get to the cross, there's no ways that they would have got him there. Now I want to tell you something. If you look at the New Testament guys, people like Peter, people like Paul, those guys carried an anointing. And let me tell you something. How do you know that these guys were pushing in with God? Remember when Peter was stuck in jail and Paul was stuck in jail. What do they do? They praise. They get stuck in. They go, praise God, I got some silence to have a prayer meeting. I don't have to minister to a whole bunch of oaks. They start praying. And what happens? The anointing is so strong on them, the power of God hits that place. What allows the power of God to hit the place? It is when you are so tapped in, it just has no other, ex, uh, no other way other than to explode out of you. You see, we've got this wrong concept that God rocks up and shows up. No, it's you that gets so full, it comes from you. The Bible says you are the light of the world. It comes from you, out of you. I have ex- had so many experiences where people come and they say, listen, when you walk in, you burn my eyes. That's not me. It is the power of God that is working inside of me and through me. And I'm starting to tap into this thing and say, God, I want to see this thing. I want to walk in a place and the oaks must either be so uncomfortable or they must be so drawn to me. I don't want people to love me wherever I go. If the devil loves me, I have a problem. I'm telling you, it's like today I went to, I had to go to the shop for Janine. And now I'm walking into the supermarket and the poor teller starts manifesting behind the door. Like demonic. And I'm like going, okay, maybe I should just back off here. This poor chick doesn't know what's going on. You see, that is how it should be every single day. I expect that now. I don't expect anything less. If they don't react, then I sit down and go back to my closet and say, God, I'm not praying enough. I'm not carrying enough presence around me to start bringing life. Because if darkness can sit in your presence, there's a problem. And guys, it is for every single one of us. I want to challenge you today. Be consistent. Don't take your holidays. You haven't got time to take holidays. You haven't got the privilege to take a holiday. When you take a holiday spiritually, the devil will take everything that you got. He is waiting to jump in into your situation. The minute you back off, he's there. Let me give you an example. I told you before. 
I stayed in Kenton. We had this area sewn up spiritually. We prayed over that area. We broke everything. We kept that place open in heaven. It's pouring out of that place. And if you went there when we were there, it was peace. If it wasn't, we turned it. And the crime rate just crashed. There was nothing to write home about. The minute we left, in a 2.4 kilometer square radius, I was, yes I get the figure wrong now, 84 break-ins in a week. Let me tell you something, what is going on? The devil was waiting for a gap. He says, okay Arthur, there's no covering here. I'm in. I'm telling you, that was spiritual. That was a total spiritual onslaught on that area. I want you to know that you do carry weight. You do carry an authority. And I think it's about time that we start getting serious with God. I don't want to play games anymore. If you want to just sit in warm pews and just be this normal Christian, then good luck to you. I don't want to get to somewhere where God says, listen, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because you are lukewarm. I'm now finished with you. I wish you were hot or cold. But this mixed bag of yours, you know, one day I serve you God, the next day I'm not sure if you live, the next day, I mean, God is not in for that. God says, listen, I need you to do a job. I'm going to judge you on the job that I've asked you to do on this earth. And one of the starting points is have dominion. Go and heal the sick. Go and cleanse a leper. Go and sit down and proclaim my name. If you are not doing that, then what are you doing on the earth? I want to challenge us. Guys, we have got to stop playing games. And it's time that we start tapping into the spiritual and saying, God, I declare this. I release this. According to your word, this thing has to change in the name of Jesus. I want to hear testimony upon testimony of people's lives being set free. I want to sit down where people start getting so hungry for deliverance and being set free that these, this night, Thursday night, is so packed of people with issues because they've heard they can be set free here. That is what we should be doing. I want to ask you guys, every one of us, if you've been taking it easy, if you've been playing around with things you shouldn't be playing around with, or just being generally slack, get fired up. This city is waiting for somebody to stand up. And it's not a person. It is a whole group of guys who sit down and say, listen, I'm going to get serious for the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to start seeing my life change. I'm going to see the lives of people around me change. I'm going to see life wherever I go. And let me tell you something, we can see a difference in the city in a matter of months if we really start getting serious. But it's up to you. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of not seeing miracles. I'm tired of people telling me what the church was in 1943. I want to see what the church is yesterday. I want to see young people that are so on fire for God that they walk in their school and they sit in their classroom and the power of God starts hitting everybody around them. I, I'm used to sitting in my class and the guys who are dabbling in the occult would sit down in the corner, they're petrified and wouldn't come near me. That's normal. 
But guys, we need to start pushing in because God wants a thing done. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for every single one of us in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we are not going to stay complacent. But Lord, we are going to be men and women that are going to be consistent. Lord, that we are going to start praying in the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we are going to start seeking you. We are going to push in with you. And Father, I thank you for a supernatural breakthrough in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, that we are not going to be bound anymore. Lord, that we are not going to be settled for the attacks of Satan around us and our families and our relationship. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that we are going to get a hunger for you like we've never had before. Lord, an earnestness. Lord, that we are going to love people. Lord, that we are going to see every single person that is bound as somebody who can be set free and reach their full potential. Lord, I thank you that from tonight, we are going to turn this thing around. And in the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every demonic spirit that has come against us. Lord, the spirit that has come that lies over the city of lethargy, I bind it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I come against the spirit of lethargy. And Lord, I pray for a spirit of fire, an anointing of fire. Lord, a a spirit that is going to sit down and say, I want to serve God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will carry the banner. We will seek God. We will see the miracles in our lives daily. Lord, I thank you that you will raise up a church that is mighty. Lord, that is powerful. That will not play games. But in the name of Jesus will say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will do what God tells us to do. We will have dominion over the area that we are supposed to have dominion over. And we will see the hand of God moving in people's lives, breaking bondages. Lord, I thank you that we will carry the anointing so strong that the yokes of bondages will be broken of people's lives. And that their lives will be radically changed in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, that we will not be the same again. Lord, let us not succumb to the spirit of Port Elizabeth. But Lord, let us start getting under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we will sit down and wake up in the morning and have an earnest desire to seek you, to seek your face, and to seek the presence of God in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you that you are building your church and you are going to raise men and women up and that you are going to get men and women ready to do the thing that you have called them to. Father, I pray for every person in this room that we will not stay the same again. And Lord, that in our night hours, you are going to stir us. Give us an excitement. Give us a hunger. Give us a desire, Lord, to set people free in the name of Jesus. And Lord, to use the gifts that you have given us. To use the power that you've given us. To use the authority that you've given us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray this. And Lord, I thank you that you will seal this right now by your Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that your Word will be solidly secured in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.